Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening in. I'm Jason DeMars, and I'm going to be speaking about the attributes of God, part four, looking specifically at the holiness of God. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know at jasondemars.com. And I also want to remind you to subscribe to our videos, click the little bell uh, that would... Uh, that way you'll get alerted when we go live or upload a new video. Also, if you're on Facebook, make sure to like, comment, and share this. All of these things help with the algorithms. That way more people will see the videos. I sure appreciate that. With that said, let's go directly into our subject. I'm going to read Isaiah 6, 1 through 7. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with from the tongs from all the off from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Let's look at some of these things from this verse. God is so holy that even the sinless seraphims must cover their face and feet when they're in his presence. They sing out three times, Holy, Holy, Holy. In the Hebrew language, repeating a word gives it more emphasis, but repeating it three times speaking of some, speaks of something that's infinite, that has no end, that's infinite in nature. When God speaks, the very posts of the temple begin. Actually, not, it's not when God speaks. When the seraphim sing out, the very posts of the temple shake. Here we have the prophet. Isaiah. He was a man holy, set apart for God's service, a man distinguished from the sinners of his day, and yet he cries out, woe is me. We could say this, Isaiah was more holy than any other man alive at that time, yet his response when he comes to the presence of God is woe is me woe is a passionate cry of utter despair seeing the holiness of god caused isaiah to cry out in despair for his sinfulness he says woe is me for i'm undone undone means to cease to cause to cease to cut off destroyed perish he says woe is me i am destroyed I'm perished. The word undone speaks of being ruined. 
but it means more than be merely being ruined. It connotes that you have disintegrated. You know, you know the saying, the person, this person has got it together. Well, this is the opposite. Isaiah is saying, woe unto me, I am, I am falling to pieces in a single moment in the presence of the living God, the three times holy God. Isaiah mentally and emotionally and spiritually melted, fell to pieces. All of his self-esteem, all of his view of himself, all of his right standing melted away and was cut in pieces. His sense of integrity and spirituality was, was annihilated. This was how the God-called, God-ordained prophet viewed himself in comparison to the presence of the Holy God. If that's the case with him, then what about the rest of us? So holy speaks of being set apart, being taken away from the profane and set apart for the divine. And God is absolute and infinite purity. God is infinite in holiness. He is totally, utterly, and completely different and other, set apart from you and me. Revelations 15, 4 says, Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. God is alone in holiness. So the only way that anyone else can become holy is in there as a derivative from God's holiness. We read it before last time, Exodus 15, 11, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness? Habakkuk 1.13 says, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. God's holiness speaks of complete moral perfection. Everything that God does is pure, perfectly morally 100% moral. Psalm 145.17 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. All his works are complete moral perfection. All of God's attributes can be described as holy. All that he does is holy. Romans 7.12 tells us that the law is holy. The law is actually expressing the nature of God. God's holiness is manifested through the Ten Commandments. Proverbs 3.32 says, the, For the froward is abomination to the Lord. Froward means the wicked. Psalms 5.5 says, The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Psalms 7.11 God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. God hates all sin and in turn loves all righteousness. God must punish sin. God must punish sin. God's holiness requires 
God's just wrath. But this is the beauty of the gospel, and the glorious reality of the gospel, the good news. We're all deserving of God's just anger against our sin. But God made a way. God poured out his righteous anger upon Jesus Christ at Calvary. He forsook him in the Garden of Gethsemane because our sin was laid upon him there. And God's wrath was satisfied by the cruel death of his son. Psalm 99 verse 5 says, Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy. That is the proper position you and I need to be in is at his footstool. That's where we belong, at his feet. We don't, we, he is holy. He is above us. He is apart from us. He's separate from us. And the only way we can approach him is the throne of grace. But we come to his footstool. We bow in reverence. Here's something to think about. A.W. Pink writes, Herein we find proof for the divine inspiration of the scriptures. The unregenerate do not really believe in the holiness of God. Their conception of his character is altogether one-sided. They fondly hope that his mercy will override everything else. Psalm 50 verse 21 says, You thought that I was just like you. Is God, that's God's charge against them. They think only of a God patterned after their own evil hearts. Hence their continuance in a course of mad folly. It's mad folly to continue in sin. Why is it mad folly to continue in sin? Because God is holy and just as sure as the sun is to rise tomorrow you will answer for your sins. Instead of doing that, why don't you repent? Why don't you turn away from your sin and turn to God and believe in Jesus Christ and accept his death for you? You don't have to hope and wish that in the end you'll be saved. You can be saved, but it requires repentance Faith, faith in Jesus Christ as your only way to salvation, that he paid the price for your sins. And then what do you do? You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so that you can go on to receive the Holy, Go Holy Ghost. And what A.W. Uh, Pink is writing here is that a proof of the divine inspiration of scriptures is the fact that God shows himself as holy. If it was a human, the human deities always have such a human, even sinful aspect to them. You look through all the deities of paganism. None of them is like the God of the Bible. None of them is holy like that. They're all basically some form of sinner, but not the God of the Bible. He is morally perfect. He is totally 
only one who is holy, the only one who is perfectly and morally righteous. With that said, we're going to bring this to a close. Please make sure to uh, like, comment, subscribe to our video, click the little bell so you get notified, and uh, share our video on Facebook as well. Once again, you can contact me at jasondemars.com with any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies that you might have. May God bless you.